Hey, butt clenchers, you are about to listen to the audio from our live event that we held on December 22nd. It's a longer episode than usual and has live Q&A at the end. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, I love you. Bye. Hello and welcome to the Walk in Love podcast. I'm TJ. And I'm Brooke. We're the audience. And today we're going to talk about falling in love again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And that's so crazy. Thank you for making us a part of your week, you beautiful, beautiful butt clenchers. This is very surreal and yeah. the, the heart is pumping, the is butt it? is clenched, and I'm feeling it. Are you? Wow. What's your sweat level? Uh, sweat level midnight. Wow, yeah. wow, 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 wow. Um, yeah, we had this idea, spoiler alert, mostly we had this idea so we could write off our plane tickets home. <laughs> so thank you for allowing us to do that. And we honestly did not expect people to, I mean, you always hope people are going to buy tickets to things you do. Like you put mm-hmm. it out there, it's scary. And you guys bought them well. And so, not well enough to sit in the front row, but just, like, well. So that is, like, we're very appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a guy to get nervous. Like, I'm, I'm feeling like, okay, this is the podcast. I'm, I know this, but you, this is weird. Well, people leave reviews are like, I feel like I'm sitting in the room with you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. They're all <laughs> here. Ha- They're in the room. The review is happening live. Yes. And... I'm starting to wish we weren't doing a... No notes. No notes. No notes. Yeah. No notes? No notes. No notes. No notes. No notes. No. But we just traveled, you know, 3,700 miles yeah. on a few plane rides with a bunch of kids. And so we didn't really have the opportunity to sit down and chat about what we were going to chat about. We have an idea. So you guys are really getting a peek behind the curtain that this is pretty normal of like... <laughs> Hey, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? What, is, what about this? So here we go. Here we are. Um, but we're going to start off with some segments. And so <laughs> the first segment we're going to do is Mount Rushmore, Rushmore, Rushmore of someone yell something out. Ooh. No. Ideas? Christmas movies. Hit oh. it. Brooke thinking on the spot, Me everybody. first? Okay, I'll go first. No, Elf. no I can go first. Oh, okay. I can go first. Blah. Okay, in no order. Because I can't think that fast. Well, the Mount Rushmore's never in order. True. But sometimes I feel like mine is internally. <laughs> okay. I know that I'm going down. Um, okay. I would say Arthur Christmas. Elf. I really like the new one. Is it Noel? Yeah. On whatever it's on. Disney, maybe. And maybe the Santa Claus. Okay. The first one. The rest are garbage. <laughs> Strong feeling. Oh, we got an amen. <laughs> never, never had that happen before. Uh, Elf, Arthur Christmas, Santa Claus. And I'm, I like Jingle All the Way. I think it's just, it's cool. totally ridiculous. And, but it's amazing. So those are is mine. All right, let's do it one more time. Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Uh, Oh, come on. Oh. 
soup? <laughs> Are there more okay. than one four soups? Chicken noodle. Something with corn in it. Tomato. <gasps> Panera's potato. There See? Is. I did it. Is yours different Mine's than mine? Mine's the same, because I eat whatever Brooke cooks, so I don't know. I've never been a soup guy. Um, People are really into soup. I guess It's so. like a culture. Apparently this girl is. She loves soup it. Soup culture. I'm here for the soup. All right, let's do one more time. Maybe something... Okay, we got one in the back. <laughs> we were just talking to the kids about this. Yes. June at night was like... Sunny was like, I want to eat noodles. And I said, what kind of noodles? She's like... Noodles. <laughs> well, what kind? And then June was like, are there different kinds? And I was like, well, yeah. And then, and then it was like the end of the day, and I was like, You're yes. literally, they were going to bed. But I don't know any of them. <laughs> so ask your mom in the morning. No, she asked me that night. <laughs> she loves you noodles. You leave the room, I come in, and she goes, what's, what was the one? Linguini. What's linguini? And I was like. Because she was like, what are the kinds of noodles? I was like, well, like, there's spaghetti. <laughs> And there's linguine. Bucatini. <laughs> and she's like, well, what's Angel the difference? Hair. I don't know. I think it's like the size. Yeah. And maybe how they make it. Okay. I don't know. Spaghetti and linguine are my Mount Rushmore of noodles. I don't know anymore. Spaghetti, re- like fresh angel <laughs> oh, yeah. hair, like where you only have to cook it like two or three minutes, you know, because it's not like hard and crunchy. Um, that's two. Bucatini, right? That's like the really thick... Karen Filippelli. Spaghetti. That's my third one, Karen Filippelli. I think I only have three. Maybe mac and cheese. All right. I like mac and cheese. All right, well, soups Mm -hmm. and Christmas movies. You guys are weird, (laughs) so... Well, I was actually encouraged. Like, I, you know, I said hi to most of you, I think. And I was like, there's a part of you when you're like, okay, I'm going to meet the people that listen to this. Mm -hmm. And outside of the weirdos and the Christmas lights, it was like, most people are normal. (laughs) So that felt good. I'm just kidding. Um, but it was like, yeah, you're like, you know, what if, a, what if a bunch of weirdos show up and you're just like, ooh, I didn't know these were my That's people. That's our audience. That's <laughs> uh, frightening. Um, but you guys are all normal, which is great. Um, so we have some strong feelings. I have some strong feelings about my wife. Um, my wife, Brooke, whom I love, you guys know, she's sitting right here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm so nervous. They're spicy. They're extra spicy. She will not let me be one number off of what the reality is. So if I'm like, hey, I'm gonna, I was outside for 30 minutes. Do you want to switch? You were outside for 29 minutes. <laughs> the, the exactness that I have to it's, estimate mm, something. Yeah. Like, here's an example. We were at Disneyland. It's a pretty magical place. And our girls were wearing these sweatshirts that... We bought on Black Friday Mickey Mouse with a Christmas scarf on. From Target. From Target. That matters. So, as you can imagine, a lot of people were wearing them. And I said, how how many people do you think I would have said were wearing them at Disneyland? Let let me remind you, both parks can fit 85,000 people, okay? So if I said a number, what number would that be? Someone just shout out a number, like, a thousand? This is why I like Noah so much. you're setting them up. Thank you. That seems like an appropriate number. And imagine if I cut that in half and said 500. You would say, oh, yeah, that's probably right. No. No. You came at me you with such in, You force. came in so hot with, I saw 500 people wearing it. And I was like, 
500, really? <laughs> 500 individual people wearing the Target sweatshirt. I just... And then I was like, June, Sunny, <laughs> Daisy. We were there with our my nephews. brother Mike. Yeah. Our nephews. To which I, I then... Can name, I, can, I know eight people. But you need <laughs> however many more. I can't do the math, so, but you need those a lot are more. my feelings. Okay, well then my strong feelings are... <laughs> When people exaggerate <laughs> insanely, and I'm, I just struggle with it. And I honestly think if I had to get like real serious and real chair behind about <laughs> okay, it, here we go. it's because I don't want to be misunderstood. That's true. Or like people not understand what I'm saying. And so, and then, and then think something about me. And so I'm worried on the person's behalf. Yeah. It's like the boy who cried wolf thing. Right. I'm just like, there weren't 500, so don't. Next time he says something that is true, don't think it's not true. I can appreciate because he that. Can't do. But when I get to heaven, I'm going to say, Jesus, nice to meet you. How many sweatshirts <laughs> with the Mickey Mouse where at Disney? I need to prove my wife. She's already in there. She, what? Yeah. I go first. <laughs> she was too stressed out correcting people's numbers. So she died before it me. Took her. It took her early. Um, so when I get in there, I just want to be able to rub it in her face. So we did some estimated math. Yeah, it was half of a percentage of people wearing them. 80, so eighty-five thousand people can be in the parks at all times. One hundred and sixty thousand people live on the island of Maui, which is insane. So, anyways, those are my feelings, and they're strong. They're strong. <laughs> um. All right. So you guys are here. We're here. This is. This is still getting feeling weird, but I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm gonna survive. Um, and and so, a couple of people asked, like, are you talking about the same thing each night? No, we're <laughs> not. Um, we have two different ideas, but but, you know, for us it was like, okay, what what does the Lord have for us here tonight? Uh, hopefully, we can speak life, and we can come away having fun. We're gonna do some giveaways. We're gonna do some question and answer. We're gonna do a lot of fun things. But we wanted, obviously, to have this to have some purpose um, and not just be, you know, jokes. Giggling. Giggling, yeah. I told somebody okay. recently who I met, uh, I, was, I think maybe at the homeschool group, and they were like, and what do you guys do? And I was like, oh, blah, 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 and I explained it, and I was like, we have a podcast, and I jokingly said, which is pretty much just my husband and I giggling in our office for about an hour, Dead. Oh, yeah. No expression. Oh, and fine. I was like, oh. She was probably fine. really fun at sleepovers. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's go that story. So before we get I into felt the topic, very alone after I said that. I was like, I mean, we talk about other things too. Yeah, like, but Jesus. you're just like, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, it's nice meeting you. Yeah. Um, we will not so be friends with your kids. We're all in the car uh, mm. driving, all, us and the, and the girls. And... One of June's favorite things to play is Would You Rather, or like sort of like these... Her version of Her that. version of just like, you know, yeah. Anyways. It's so obscure for her. Yeah, it's, it's really wild, and it can get out there. And so she's like, if you could have any color hair, what color... No, that was my question. If you could have... Hers any, was like, would you rather have a dolphin or a giraffe as, as a, a pet? pet. Right. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> one needs water. One is really tall. They both need a lot of food. I start going through all this in my... So, this is internal. Yes. So I, I asked... I if get you could, too realistic too quick. I asked, if you could dye your hair any color, what would you... To, to my almost eight-year-old and almost five-year-old. Rainbow, you know, June picks rainbow, sunny picks purple. 
And then we go to Bro, and I'm like, I would probably pick like a dark color, like navy or something. And we go to Brooke, and she's Which like... Which is super boring. It's barely different, but keep going. If I had navy hair, people would be like, TJ, that's a guy with navy hair. That's true. Yeah. Um, and so we go to Brooke. What color would you pick? And she's like, well, is hair damage on the table? <laughs> I, no, I said I would pick pink. But in order to go pink, I think I would need to go blonde first, which would be really <laughs> bad for my hair. So is it hype? Like, is there hair so damage I, involved? Or can I just magically dye it whatever color I want? So I cut in and say, you must have been real fun at sleepovers. So that's, that's a new line for the podcast. It's like, anytime Brooke is like venturing off into super realistic, we're having a hypothetical conversation, we go. Where would I put a giraffe? It's <laughs> a great question. Um, okay, so <laughs> anything else you want to say to these wonderful people? No, I don't think so. Okay. It'll, it'll come to me. It'll come to you. And we're going to do questions, so have your questions ready. You're going to come and talk to the microphone. It's going to be real exciting. Um, so, yeah, so as we've been kind of, so we've been in this, I mean, you guys, are no, you guys are podcast listeners. You know we've had one episode in, in a month, um, which has been oh, really. Because of being so sick. Yeah, we were super sick. Yeah. Um, Brooke, the girls were sick, then Brooke was sick, then I was sick. And so, like, it just was, like, becoming this really hard thing to line up and so which is really frustrating for us um and so we've I've kind of had a lot of time to think about what what are some topics we just finished the series of you know the life-changing practice or habit of whatever and uh I was like okay what can we talk about um you know we talked about some ideas and so the, the idea that just kept coming the phrase that just kept coming back and back to me over and over again was let's talk about falling in love again and, and, I, and, and I mean that in a lot of ways. So, like, some of you are, like, here by yourself, and you're just like, oh, this is awkward. I'm sitting alone. <laughs> They're going to have some sort of marriage talk. And, and we might talk about marriage a little bit, but... Um, and, and if you... Uh, Matt's here. Matt Kark's here. So if you are <laughs> single and ready to mingle, Matt's in the back. Great guy. You can call him Mark if you want to. Oh. Clapping for Matt. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so... Uh, I, the, the, the idea that I had is like at this time of year there, there's kind of two camps well there's a lot of camps but, but there's kind of two groups of people it's like hey are you excited like what was your high and low of the year what was your peak in your valley of the year and there are the people who are like oh peak I got that I got that I got that and then valley's a little bit more of a struggle and then there's people who are like oh I've got 15 valleys and, and, and the, sometimes that's the year we have and, and it's and it's through those years that like as we approach a new year we start to feel like oh, what's the point you know like gosh you know like there's you know people who are like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this and and we're just like man I was sick for a month and my kids puked on me and I, you know, just like, it just hasn't been fun. And so to get up for the year, it sometimes takes some effort and energy. And, and I know that Brooke has, has mentioned this before that like she really struggles with new year's resolutions, probably because she doesn't want to be misunderstood. She doesn't I, want to commit I don't want to, to say something, something I'm not going to do and not do it to completion. <laughs> I already am prepared to not do it clearly. <laughs> And so this idea of falling in love with again is, is, is I want to take the year, the good and the bad. I want, to I want to think about it. I want to emotionally process it. I want to... You mean this past year? This past year, 2022, okay. I have conversations about it. I, I want to understand where we started and where we are and what didn't happen that we wanted to happen and what happened that we didn't want to happen and all that kind of stuff. 
But then I kind of want to just learn, like come fresh into 2023 and fall in love again with life. And I want mm. to like, and, and I feel like being at Disneyland is, is the perfect sort of example of this. Like I have some very <laughs> strong feelings about the entertainment of Disney but Disneyland is still a magical place, and especially when you go with kids. And so there, there are these moments where we're spinning on the teacups. I'm like, I might throw up. But, you know, you look over, and I see June and Sunny, and they're, they're just in awe and wonder at the fullness of life. Mm-hmm. They're, they aren't thinking about anything to come or anything uh, that happened. They're just like, you know, and they were super sick, and they're just thinking about this moment and about the love they have for this moment. And so... For me, I want to enter 2023 with the attitude and the heart of falling in love again with you, mm. with the girls, with my house, with my rhythm, with my work, with Jesus, with the church, with yeah. reading, ugh, <laughs> with eating hard. healthy, with sleeping well. Like I yeah. want to fall in love again. And so what I wanted to encourage people tonight is like, and like you might be a, like kind of a bah, I'm guessing there's not a lot of bah humbug people if you listen to the podcast. I'm guessing you guys are pretty zest filled people, zesty, zesty people, extra zesty. I like it. Um, and so I just wanted to <laughs> encourage you, and maybe you can we can have a conversation about this about just falling in love again with life and with the goodness that God has for us in this life. And one way that we do that falling in love with the goodness and the gladness and the joy is like we have to have open hands towards the hardship and the pain and the suffering. Mm-hmm. And we can't just cut that stuff off. We have to work through that. We have to process that. We have to talk about it. We have to have the 15 minutes at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about the chair behind and the chair behind that and the chair behind that and the chair behind that. And we have to do all of that so that we can have open hearts to fall in love with life again. Yeah. Well, what were we, we were just listening to Chip Dodd who wrote Voice of the Heart which is the eight emotions. Chippy D? Chippy D? Yeah, that's what I call him. Um, please, the first time, if and when you ever meet him. Hi, Chippy D, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice I'm to meet DJ. you. I'm DJ. I feel like he'd love it. I think he, he would. He seems into that stuff. Yeah. Um, no, he was, we, he was on I'm a just podcast. Just give a quick kiss and I'll be on my way. <laughs> okay, I love you, bye. Um, he was talking about the eight emotions on some episode of something. And we've talked about how like only one of them is gladness mm-hmm. out of the eight that the other seven seem like like yeah. not as much fun anger fear hurt guilt guilt more <laughs> it's okay hungry <laughs> hangry hangry and i don't remember gassy yeah, yes familiar yeah. with that but he was talking or the they were all talking about how that we have to experience the other seven yeah to fully experience gladness mm-hmm. and what sometimes can be called joy yeah. And so I feel like if, if that's your, speaking to you, if that's your posture going into 2023, it's a version of like, I mean, I feel like it's easy to, like, our life becomes what we pay attention to, right? Accurate. And I think then it's just your posture towards what you're paying attention to. Yep. It can bring, you can be thankful and glad and all these things, very glass half full, which, what did you say the other day? We were talking about glass half full, half empty. And you were like, here's a concept. My glass is totally full. Yeah. And I was like, what does that it's mean? full of 500 sweatshirts. <laughs> okay. If I would like to just, we were there for 12 hours. 
What is the math on that? That's how many an hour? There's no way. I got a math guy. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Math, math, math. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a version of what you pay attention to. And I can definitely get stuck in the loop of like only paying attention to the things that bother me. 100%. And then obviously not feeling very like falling in love yeah. with life. But tying it into the like, it, it, like if you're falling in love and then tying it in with the gladness and joy aspect of life, which I hope I am described as that. Mm -hmm. I, I aim to be that type of person. I feel like that comes very um, naturally for you. Maybe? Maybe? A little bit. A little bit. I think so. And so I was thinking about this earlier today, like, okay, I, I feel like it's maybe harder for me to just fall in love. And I feel that sometimes. <laughs> Towards you? <laughs> Personally. <laughs> I'm so There's sorry. a chair behind there for me. <laughs> um, but I feel like it's... Hey, Brooke, you want to hug? Oh, gosh, get away from it's me. It's fine. Just don't. Monster. No, I feel like that comes easier for you. And so, again, I'll only speak for myself. I feel like when joy specifically and just like lightheartedness comes easy for someone, I tend to discredit them as being a good example. I'm like, well, it comes easily for right. you. You know what I mean? Right. It's like the person who's like naturally like super fit. You're like, you're like no, you're just oh, well, like yeah, that. it comes easy for you. Here's the thing, though. When you think about it as like a gift or a talent that the Lord has given you, your like posture towards life and lightheartedness and joy and all things fun, and I take that to something else that might come naturally. Photography came very naturally for me. I mean, I worked hard and I, I think I was good at it and yeah. like all that, but I just like, I was like, oh no, I, I just kind of get this. This comes naturally for me. And so that put me in a place to teach about it mm -hmm. very organically. Yeah. Wouldn't I want somebody teaching that who it comes nat like, well, I think do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, and absolutely. then I, and then joy and all that comes naturally for you. And I'm like, I like discredit it. But then I feel like that doesn't hold up. When it's like an actual like physical skill set. Yes. And then why, why shouldn't that transfer to like, and I like think, if somebody is super kind or super empathetic or, or insert anything yeah. else naturally, isn't that the person I want to go to to be like, teach me say, all about it? I would say yes. Because you are the person that I want to go to when I'm like, we're going to do everything amazing. And then I'm like, oh, what bridge are we going to live under today? Yeah. And you're just like, we're doing okay. You know, like, <laughs> and so being married to you for 13 years, six months. You don't even know where your Apple days, watch is. 14 hours, seven minutes, eight, nine, 10, 11, 11 seconds. Um, <laughs> it has, you know, you're the person that has taught me that. And so I've learned from you to not kind of, I mean, I still Google bridges occasionally, but I don't do it as much. And I don't do it as often. You hide in the bathroom when yeah. you do. I'll weep silently in the shower with my <laughs> phone in a Ziploc baggie as I do it. Um, do people do that? I don't know. I don't know. It's such a sad image, though. <laughs> Is that why people are buying Ziploc bags? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but I, um, but absolutely, 100%. I, I think that that, and I think part of it is like, we're, there, there's part of us that's like, we're secretly jealous of the people that are good at things like that is like we're we're we're, can, we're frustrated like there. it's easy for you and instead of coming to them with open hands and saying so teach me right. i want to learn we're like 
Yeah, it's easy for them. Uh-huh. I don't want to learn from them. They're yeah. bad. <laughs> and it's like, and, and, I, and I feel like culturally that's sort of like the thing is like, yeah, if it's easy for you, you're obviously like either cheating the system or you're the enemy or you're the bad guy. And it's like yeah. super victimhood of like, no, it's hard for me. So you don't get it. And like, well, it's like, well, I'm, I'm, I can try to get it, you know, like mm-hmm. if we have a conversation about it. Um, so did you have a question that you were going to No, so up? I was just thinking about that and how like, I, you know, we've talked about how like as believers, I do hope to look different. Thousand percent. Like I, I hope people say, "Oh, they're very, they're really joyful." Things are hard in their life. Yeah. But they choose joy, and they this and that. And so when I was thinking about like falling in love, that concept of falling in love in the new year, and I was just trying to like piece together with like who me speaking again for myself, who do I want to look to? Because I'm always like, what does that look like? I need to know. I want like not like super specific steps right. to follow, but like I would like to see somebody out in front of me probably age-wise, doing it well. Yeah. And then I can, like, look to that as, like, sort of this, like, beacon point. And so I was just thinking about that. Like, so, so what does falling in love look like with wonder, with this, with that, with that? And then kind of, like, other than the Lord, like, who am I looking to for, like, really practical things? And so I was thinking, like, well, who does it come naturally to? Yeah. And that was just, like, that was my brain. Like, how do I do this? And I think we kind of live right now in a way that like is like we're afraid to ask we're afraid to ask people hey can you tell me how you do that mm. which is crazy because the second you ask someone like this like so matt is a good example so matt was a was fifth, four, 14 when i met him ninth grader he was in my small group and he was like I, I think i'm into photography and i was like oh we should talk to brooke and she gave him advice and like you weren't ever annoyed by the questions that he asked. You weren't ever annoyed that he wanted to know how you did things. And so what's really, like, if you find someone who, like, is really good at rhythm, like Jeremy Pryor is a good example of this. Like, I'm in this group called Integrated. You guys know about it. I'm I'm going to just tell the story again. But Jeremy's, like, the Gandalf of rhythms and weekly rhythms. And so, like, you come to a question, you're like, okay, so, like, Monday is good for me. What do I do Tuesday? And he'll be like, oh, here's a Calendly link. Why don't you tell me, why don't you lay out your Tuesday for me and tell me what works and doesn't work? And you're just like, oh my word. And, he, and he's happy to help. When we are good at something, we're often ready to talk about it. You know, like, and, and so I think in our lives, when we're trying to like fall in love with, like, you know, we need, we need people that are good at being married. So we're going to go to them and we're going to talk to them and we're going to ask them questions. And like, I think oftentimes we talk ourselves out of it because like it's dumb and it's like, and, and they're too busy or they're, they don't care. And then like, once you ask the question, you'll watch, like, like when I asked Jeremy, like Jeremy is a heavy, heavy introvert. Like we were going to the meetup in Colorado and I was with my friend Ian, we were driving up and uh, we stopped at a Starbucks to get drinks on the way up. And Jeremy was there. And so like sitting. sitting. And he, he wasn't ready for people. So I could just tell that, like, he's not going to talk to us right now. And, like, he said hi and stuff like that. But, like, he's a massive introvert. Mm-hmm. And so, like, but when he turns it on and he's ready to roll, like, it, the stuff that he talks about is incredible. And so it's, like, when we ask people what they're good at, how to be good at it, most people, I would mm-hmm. say, right? I would you say? Would you guys people. say? Most people? 
there's people over here, you know, I'm like, wow, scrub, <laughs> um, are ready to talk about it because it's what brings them alive. Like, if you're good at woodworking, like, you know, Brad Ellis from Ellis Custom Creations, uh, he's good at woodworking, and you talk to him about it, he's ready to roll, and he's ready to talk about it. And so yeah. I think there's an element of, like, we, as we come up with more excuses not to ask, that, and, and we kind of put that on the person we're going to ask, when really we make the decision. We for make them. the decision for them that they're not going to share with us, and so yeah. we don't ask. And so I think what I was like when I, because I was thinking about this topic a little bit today, <laughs> with in between kids and everything else. Like Daisy does not know what time or day it is. Bless her heart. She's, I think she's still taking a nap. Yeah, that's my hope. Six thirty-three. She'll be um, fine. She'll be fine. <laughs> um, it we was created like her. She'll be fine. Idea of that. That sounds so wonderful. Let's fall in love again. Yeah. It sounds so like magical and kind of fluffy. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I needed that. You needed that? Like, it just does. And then you wake up with a sick kid and somebody's late for school and life happens. And that happens day after day after day after day. And then you're like, I have not fallen in love with anything. I'm super mad about everything. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. You're and so, fun at sleepovers. Yeah. And so... <laughs> And so I was just thinking about, like, okay, if I really want to have that posture towards the new year, I think I have to ask for help. A thousand percent. Which is so hard to do. <clears throat> Unless it's in something that I don't feel, like, there's, like, I have, like, lanes that I feel very comfortable asking for help in. Does that make sense? That, I, like, I hey, can you, you watch my kid? I'm okay with asking yeah. that. I know this. Whatever. And then there's stuff where it's like, I don't know, it feels tender or like well 100% if like, I ask for help that means I don't know how and if I don't know how who am I <laughs> yeah like we are <laughs> all the way emotional down. beings trying to learn how to process the world through our emotions like that is a daily activity and asking for someone for help on like hey you're a really patient person how do I do that how do I cultivate that in my life yeah you are like opening up your heart to be like because I'm impatient because that's the mm -hmm. darkness in me that's the sin in me that's that's the loss in me. That's the hurt in me. That's the pain in me. Those are the, that's where I have a bleacher row behind me of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that is vulnerability and that is hard to do. And, and, and so, so, so my first piece of advice to this is like, what does it look like? How are we going to fall in love again with all the things in 2023, the things that matter, the things that make us come alive? I, I would say first, like, especially for those of you who are married, um, like your spouse is going to know that about you. And, and, and so those conversations between the two of you will be the sort of like breadcrumbs that start you on the trail. Mm -hmm. um, and, and for a lot of us... <laughs> you mean I, your spouse is going to know what that might... Or they might know what it looks like for you. They is that might what you're know, saying? They'll know like... Like if, if you ask someone... Like if, you, if I ask Brooke, you know, what, 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 what makes me come alive? Hopefully I can have answer an answer. that. Yeah, yes. and I have an answer for you too. It's me. Um... <laughs> Bahamen, super inappropriate. Bahamen, TJ, noodles, <laughs> bucatini, um, <laughs> and, and so like I, I think especially for men, like I'm actually kind of surprised there's so many guys here, which is really encouraging. Um, <laughs> this one, is all of one them is excited in one room. to be here. The rest are still sort of on the fence. Um, like, who are these people? Why are we here? Why are there four air fryers on the stage? Um, especially for men, it's like we get, we can get so in our heads and just like bogged down with like, you know, finances and like our kids and all this kind of stuff. And so we sort of like, 
it, 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 you know, it, like I would picture us like standing, like I'm going to use like an image that like we're standing in, on earth and it's like this giant, like how ridiculous has that giant hammer. Yes. You guys haven't watched How Ridiculous on YouTube. It's my favorite channel. Um, I mean, it's the girl's favorite channel. I just watch her with them. <laughs> um, and they have this Someone giant ordered merch though that showed up at our yeah. house and I don't think it was that. I think them. June learned how to use the internet. Um, <laughs> And, and so they have this giant hammer that they break stuff with slow motion. It's awesome. And it's like, I feel like as men, there are, and women probably feel this too. I'm, I'm speaking in generalities, which people love, which Brooke especially loves. Um, all men it. are good at stuff. All women aren't. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fine. We're recording. It's fine. People are watching live. Ultimate fear. It's fine. Um, <laughs> is like, you know, like I, I can picture myself under that hammer, like, I'm not going to get crushed and all my bones are going to break or anything like that. But, like, and, and it's like, it hits me and it's like, oh, finances, boom. You know. Uh, you get beaten down. Yeah, and Is you just get beaten like, down yeah. over and over again. And then yeah. you're, like, kind of up to your you know, nipples, I guess. Nip level. Okay. Nip level. Your nip height uh, in the earth. and <laughs> In the earth. So just this much of you is sticking out right now? Yeah, nipped up. Wow. Uh, Do you have a long not, torso? Not nips up, but <laughs> nips straight, body up. Okay, okay. I'm and, tracking with you. Um, and, and then you're like, <laughs> you, you, when you're there, you're like, oh, I can't enjoy anything because I, I feel stuck. I feel frustrated that I've found myself in this very <laughs> uncomfortable situation. And so, yes. you know, like, like, let's say your hands are out, though. So okay. nips up, hands out. And you're like, well, I can do this, and I can kind of do this, and like, but like going, it, it would feel like a lot of effort to to dig yourself effort, out. Like you know, like oh, my kids love doing that with me, but then I'd have to kind of climb myself out of this hole, and I'd have to go and, and, and engage with them. Or like my wife really likes doing this, I got to climb out, I got to go do this, and then it's like, yeah. well, as soon as I get over there, the hammer's going to hit me again, and like I'll be back where I started, and that is life. And like we constantly go through that over and over and over again. Like <laughs> there was a point during the first week of sickness in our. <laughs> It's Thanksgiving week. We're like Christmas is canceled. I felt that so Aslan deeply in my bones, return. and I'm not one to be like to be like that. Yeah, and it was just. And like, I literally said, "I'm pretty sure Christmas is canceled." <laughs> I was so sad yeah. and so sick. But it's like that's what life does. You feel like that <laughs> over and over again, and so I think the act of falling in love again and trying to just like be present and th- available in your mm-hmm. life is like fully knowing that like when the hammer of life has hit me down to nipple level, <laughs> I, <laughs> why are you guys here? Um, anyways. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no refunds. Um, <laughs> when the hammer of life has hit you down to nipple level, that like you're going to have to climb out to re-engage. And yeah. like for Brooke, that's much harder than it is yeah. for me. But it, but it, a lot of that, it's not that it's necessarily literally harder, well, you're stronger, but like harder for me to get out. It's the expectation of like, oh, I just need to shift my expectation of like, life will beat you down. And that's normal. That's, yeah. Oh, it's not bad or good. It just, it just is. And then like, I need to, I need to put my energy towards climbing back out, not trying to avoid being beaten down. 100%. Because I'll spend all my focus over here. Okay, how do I avoid this? How do I avoid that yeah. hammer? How do I... Yeah, you're like, you know, like you take your dominoes time, off the table over and over 100%. again. 100%. And then they never get played. Yeah. And then you end up 10 years down the road or five years down the road in your marriage, and you're like, we said, you know, like, 
we said we would do all these fun things and we didn't. Or we, you know, I, I said, I told my kids I would teach them all these things and I haven't because. Or I would try to become this person. And I, and I haven't because I sat in the hole, the nipple height hole. <laughs> Which would vary for all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so like, okay, circling back again. I think when I was talking about how, like, for me, it's going to look like asking, the first thing that came into my head is asking for help, is because I feel like falling in love again with life, with all the things, is not just a mind, a positive mindset. No. I feel like there's very little in life. I'm not negating a positive mindset. Right. It has a lot of power, and it can do a lot of things. But I think that's pretty small compared mm -hmm. to like all the other stuff. Yeah, you're like, both my arms got chopped off. Well, just have a positive mindset. You're like, like well, well, I can't, can't carry eat my things <laughs> as easily. So, like, I, I think I feel like I'm at a place where I was like, okay, if I want that for the coming year, which I do, it needs to look very visceral is not the right word, but it, it doesn't feel this magical, no. like, it's just gonna fall in love. I feel yeah. like it's like, no, I'm going to have to like really work at that. Really work. And I'm going to have to ask for help and keep it like, keep it in the front of my mind because otherwise I'll be smashed down into that hole, babe. And, and <laughs> I will say this, I'm going to tell an embarrassing story about you, but it's going to be Ooh. great. There's only like five, so People I'm ready. People are here for it. <laughs> There's a, so uh, moving to Maui has done a lot of things for us. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing I feel like it did is that, like, if, if I look, look at Brooke, like, there was a point in her life where she was kind of like this, a little bit collapsed. Oh, very much so. Okay. According to my chiropractor, still so. Yeah. And just, like, not fully who God created her to be. Like, I knew mm -hmm. that as her husband. She knew that, maybe didn't want to admit it as much. And so what I feel like Maui has you done. You don't know it when you're in it. Yeah. There's some of that. Is it's kind of like like made her look up and realize like, oh, I, and, and the voice surgery was a big part of that. And there was a lot, large part a of lot that. of, a lot of stuff into, into dealing with that. And so there was, a, so we were traveling back from I was Hawaii. like, where are you? This is not embarrassing. Yeah. Where are you no. going? Now I know and, where we are. You know, it's, <laughs> we were in Chicago. Yeah. We we're in Chicago. Yes, with a decently long layover. So you were like getting food and doing all this stuff. And you were getting drinks. I was getting Like coffee. down the hall. And the girls were within running distance from me, so they kept being like, Dad! And they would run and mm -hmm. give them a hug, and then they'd run back to Brooke. And I don't know if you guys saw the story, but at one point, I'm pushing the stroller. Brooke's pulling a suitcase with June sitting on it, who's then pulling her suitcase. It's like the four wheels so that can all like spin equally. We were, we were a vibe in Chicago. <laughs> and so because of that, the girls were like, I want to ride this suitcase. So I'm picturing them like kind of pushing their legs. like They were like leaning on it. And, like, running Holding with their it. feet. And I was just, like, I'm just waiting for this thing to flip over. And, like, we're going to have a smash face in Chicago where everyone is very friendly. Um, <laughs> and especially at the airport. Um, yeah. And that didn't happen, thankfully. But as I'm walking back to get drinks, Brooke's sitting on the... I'm, Daisy's in the stroller. And so I'm sitting on the one as my... Kind of like this. Like, as my seat while I'm and eating her pizza. And she goes to do a spin move. I don't know if she thought she had a baton I in her TJ. hand. I see TJ. Let's fall in love. And she I decide falls to off. push myself into the I don't know. Walkway. Hallway, walk the terminal? What is that yeah. thing called? The ground is what it's the called. Um, hard. And she twists and I'm gonna glide, falls right? super hard, hard on her butt. And she laughs. Just 
boom. And I had this moment of like, she, I could see her, she was smiling, so I knew she was okay. It wasn't like I was worried about her getting hurt. But it was this moment for me that like my wife is back. Like she mm. is fully returned because there were so many years where like she was so collapsed that there, the, the joy and the one, like she was further than nipple deep in the hole <laughs> that the joy and the wonder and the zest and like the willingness to like maybe get embarrassed here and there was gone. And so there was this moment of like, that took work. Like I'm just seeing one small, tiny, itty bitty example of her embarrassing herself, which I love, but it, it speaks to the, the depth of work that she has gone through to get to that point. And so it's like, we won't have those suitcase falling moments without having those super hard conversations. Well, I said to you when you walked back, I was laughing. I was in pain, but I was laughing. And I was like, man, I... There was I, definitely like an Indian family who were, didn't speak English that were yes. like very concerned with her and he yes. had like a Cosby sweater on. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Everything that's happening is amazing right now. <laughs> and I said to you, I said, oh man, I never do stuff like that. Meaning like, I'm not a super clumsy person. No. And so I meant like, I meant the falling part. And then I said, well, it's because I never do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, be silly. Yeah. I shouldn't say never. I do yeah. more so now than ever. But it was but just then like, it was like another. Like, oh, yeah. Lord. And so, like, it's teaching it, me things. So, so, as you like the at, like, it's not like a Taylor Swift song, "Falling in Love," of just like whatever mm-hmm. kind of weird nonsense she sings about. Sorry, I mean she's amazing. Um, <laughs> because like, it, it for her, it's so up and down. It's so superficial. It's it's about this and then that and then this and then that and like. The reality of it is it's like it's about understanding who God has created us to be in the depths of our heart, in the quiet place, in the place when we're alone and we we cry out for help. Like it's understanding that person that allows us to be the best person to be in love with mm-hmm. and then to fall in love with life. And so as we approach the new year, my hope is that you guys who have like kind of collapsed in on yourself, whether you're here in the audience or whether you're listening, that like you look up and you allow like to have open hands and open hearts towards the Lord to say, okay, let's, let's work through some of that stuff. Let's find some of that selfishness and some of that guilt and shame that I carry all the time. And let's, let's work through it so that at the end of the year, I can spin on a suitcase and fall on my butt because like the girls loved it. Like I know it's such a tiny specific moment, but like it was like a gateway into like, wow, my wife, has done a lot of work and now she's back, mm. fully back and fully alive. And I'm I'm here for it. And I'm gonna be in the front row cheering for it. And so like Unlike these people. Unlike <laughs> So Y'all are gonna wish you were sitting in those seats. Fine. Okay. What? Fine. Not, nothing. Um <laughs> uh, so yeah. I think Yeah, that, I think it's a really good like I was thinking about like a word of the year, because so many people do that. I do that. I've got one. I know. I'm still pondering it, so please don't announce it yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> is it on your shirt? It's on my shirt. <laughs> Our word of the year. Um, no. I actually I, painted it on my body, nipple heights. At nip level? Nip or? level. Okay. No, I was thinking about, like, it's similar. Like, I think you can have a word of the year or just, like, a phrase of the year. and You could have both. But I think, again, I... In the past, I don't know if it's my personality, my upbringing, whatever, I tend to be like, oh, that's, that's cute. That'll last for a little while. Like, I tend right. to be like, mm, you say you'll do that, which is obviously there's a lot of stuff there. But, <laughs> but I was thinking about, like, the, the, the phrase of falling in love again. And if I go into the new year with that posture, 
um, coupled with a word of the year, which I haven't totally landed on yet. I just think, I mean, we just did episodes on like the power of paying attention. And I'm like, if I put those in front of myself and if I pay attention to that all year, it will, will be a very different year 100%. than if I don't. Those 365 days will look very different than if you just kind And of, that sounds great. No matter what I go yeah. on and no matter where I land, it's not, this isn't the point over here. But it's just like, I truly believe that my year will be different if I pay attention to that. And I'm sure a lot of you here and, and listening, I know this, is like, we're, we, we are at such precious years. Like, our kids, kids are so yeah. young and so wide-eyed, full of wonder towards us. Like, and Linguini. And Bucatini. <laughs> I don't know. Ask your mom what it is. Um, and, and it's like, we have these moments to like, like you know, and I feel like my parents are here. They did a really good job of like teaching us wonder. My brother. Yes. <laughs> Claps for Cindy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and I, and I have, you know, we were poor apparently growing up. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know that. Um, but now looking back, I did, you know? Um, and it's like my mom, you know, like peaches, a can of peaches was a big delicacy in our house. Which they're not. You've told this, but I don't yes. know how long ago you've told this. And so, like, she would just make a big deal. We're gonna have canned peaches. We're gonna put them in a bowl. As the and like, my brother's here. He was like, "Peach night, baby. Let's do this." <laughs> I like it. Like, I'll, I like, I'll like it. it again. Um, and and so, like, it doesn't take much. Like, yeah, we just went to Disneyland. It was a big deal. It was a big expense. Like, it, it, but it doesn't even take that. Like, no. our girls were just as excited about the scavenger hunt to find <laughs> out they were going to Disneyland. And so it's like it doesn't take much. Sunny thought the whole scavenger hunt was to, was lead, was to watch something on Disney+. Plus. Plus. And I was like, oh, but no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if that's all you needed, I could have saved some money. Um, Return and, the sweatshirts. And so it's like if we spend a year with that, that attitude before us of falling in love with again, like it, it will capture our kids' hearts over and over again. And, and as we capture our kids' hearts we give them a picture of what it's like for God to capture their hearts. And mm. that is the goal that we want. We, do, yeah. we want our kids to, one, fall in love with Jesus for the rest of their lives. But then also we want them to understand that, like, they matter to each other. And so, like, we want to just instill that idea of wonder and love in their hearts. And, and if we spend a year at nipple level in a hole, we won't do that. And they'll yeah. notice. And, and years later, they'll look back and be like, wow, that... that like, I have some stuff to work through, and we'll all wound our kids. That's just the reality of it. But it's like, let's try to wound them less by showing them that we were actively pursuing this attitude of love and joy and, and yeah. peace in our house. I was thinking about how if, I look, if I'm looking to people like, okay, who do I look for maybe to ask for help? Or, and maybe it's not like a verbal. Like, maybe it's not even a conversation. Maybe I just start paying attention to their, yeah. life, their life and stuff. Yeah. But I Following like, them. Looking in yeah. their windows, yeah. putting a tracker under their oh, car. This is me dropping a little air tag in their purse. Whoop. Oh, she's at Target. Um, <laughs> like, no, it was more just like, I honestly think I need to look to my kids half the time. Yeah. I mean, if I want to fall in love with wonder and just life on a daily level, yeah. nobody yep. does it better than yep. our kids. That's good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to say so after that. that but we it's don't just have like, anything else to say. Yeah. I kept talking about looking forward to people, which is very true. But when mm -hmm. you talk about our kids looking forward 
towards us, don't look at me and cry. I hope that at least half the time or more, I'm turning around looking at them equally as an example of just, they're just so sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, thank you. Well, thanks for coming. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. We said at around 45 minutes we would do question and answer, so we appreciate you guys being here. So we're going to turn on this microphone here. Um, and I, Did you have some, did you have a preface or no? Oh yeah, my preface is like, you guys know what we talk about on the podcast, so like, let's not veer into the topics that are going to tick people off. <laughs> and I give us full ability to say, I will not answer that question. <laughs> Okay. So okay, I don't think anybody's gonna ask it. But weird. that's just like kind of the the preface. So if you have a question, you can come up to this microphone. Let me make it a little higher, since it's pretty short. <laughs> it's very short. Did you listen at all? Kind of. Which pile is tonight? Or just doesn't matter. Left. Okay. Go ahead. It's okay if nobody has questions. <laughs> it's gonna get because we're going to sit for the full 30 yeah, minutes 30 in minute, silence. 30 minutes of un- uninterrupted eye contact. What's that from? A Steve Martin? Yeah, see, it's like a Tina Fey, Steve Martin. Maybe Baby Mama? Is it? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Got a it big is. Baby Mama fan. <laughs> Minute 48. Um, we, so this is the first time we've ever done this. Um, I, I do feel like, like there's this element of people who are like, I don't know, my question, like we just talked about it. People like... Yes. There we go. Standing. Um, I feel like when Dwight's like, there should be a ticket system for the lines. And, (laughs) you know. (laughs) All right. Is it loud? Or not loud? Did you write it down? I did. Wow. Confession time. The main reason why I'm coming up here is because my wife actually took me to an Alton Brown experience. Okay, whoa. And then she asked all of my questions. Oh, and I was super, super scared. And you guys, <laughs> I'm still a little terrified because y'all are awesome. But I will ask my questions. Um, Maybe step just a little bit closer. I know, sure. it's so short. I know, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> TJ, where are you in planning and writing your book? Ooh. Oh, I'm in the early, early, early stages. <laughs> <laughs> I think Carpet Bore is further along. <laughs> By the way, We'd I'd like to be your first capital investor. Yes, okay, that's yeah. what tonight's really about, yeah, that's you guys. Really about. My guys are here. <laughs> Just wait. Get in on the ground floor. Uh, carpet. Carpet board. board. Yeah, exactly. How many per share? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll buy in now. <laughs> I haven't been, thought about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So just early stages. Yeah, I. I, I mean, all like it's it's a, we have had the conversation many times of like, do we actually want to write books? That feels Will like a lot of work. Actually, read them. Yes. I feel like I. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. oh gosh, so many words. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. Self publish. <laughs> Printing them out. <laughs> this is for Noah um, in the mail. I actually, tr- truly and honestly, I have not thought about it very much. I actually believe that the person that the Lord has a book in is this one. Um, and I feel like. Falling off the suitcase was the first step in that process. Um, so if I'm here, you're getting close. I'm suitcase level. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, that would be the answer to that. I appreciate it. I got one more question for you. Any opinions on season three being the last episode of Ted Lasso? 
And do you like Rebecca and Sam as a couple? Uh, spoilers. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. You have not watched this guy. Two. Um, so, I'll show myself. Yeah, yeah, if you could. Take your Brittany, don't buy him stuff. Don't want to buy stuff. Um, so I want. We, so we were big fit Ted Lasso fans. Season yeah. one. I watched half of season two, episode one, and I got a vibe, and I stopped. I, I haven't watched. I'm I, gonna allow I just truly haven't watched season any one further. to live as a great show and not let it be ruined because you have strong feelings though about do I n- movies about and entertainment? <laughs> I get entertainment? it though. <laughs> Why am I talking like this? So yeah, I, I haven't seen it. asking that question then. <laughs> all right, no, then. not at all. It, I love season one. Season I just one truly haven't watched it. So anymore. good. I I put a pin in it. I mean, I remember when we first watched it, I was like, Ted is like everything I want people to be. Yeah. You know, like not everything, but right. it was You don't so like cool. mustaches, sorry. It I'm was so kidding. cool to see like such a joyful. Yeah. Protagonist. You know, yes. Yeah. And that's why I loved it. That's why I think so, everybody loved it. But it's a little solid question. Yeah. I'm just not oh, up to no. date. It's okay. No worries. And then my last question, sorry for hogging the mic, guys, <laughs> um, is what's the question you wish I would ask you this evening. Ooh. For each of Everybody. you. Everybody. For each of you. I, I wish people would ask me, can I buy a hundred hoodies? <laughs> the I answer mean, is quit. yes. Mm-hmm. I already put some money down. Got him. <laughs> Gosh, that's a, that is a really good question. I really like talking about rhythms and how much they impact your life sabbath so like any questions in that realm i feel like i i really mm-hmm. like talking about um so yeah i would say something like that yeah i don't know if i have a specific question but it's like it, it's a very surreal experience for people to know us well but i also hope that you do know us well like I hope, I hope so. If you yeah. listen and, and watch or whatever, that you're not, and we always say that. Like I hope if you meet us in person, you're like they were the same. And so I think any question that feels like yes, like we've nailed it, you've nailed it, like you get us, just like that makes me feel like we're okay. We should keep going. Yeah, <laughs> you've nailed it. Okay. Don't worry. Yes. Well then, yeah. I'll stop hugging the mic. Thank you so thank much you. tonight. Absolutely, I really thank you. appreciate it, and yeah. thank you again for also inventing the family calendar. Oh. Game change. Nice. <laughs> Game That's not on this board. That's not is on it? this board. It's Bummer. on the extended game board. Game changes. Changes to the game. In a way that the game Dang. will never, We'd be never the same. play the same way again. Oh, we got a little baby. Oh, little peach baby. Well, speaking of Sabbath and rhythm. Um, I know you guys talk a lot about it, and it's been super inspiring. But I didn't know if He's you so had happy. any. <laughs> yes, he is a very happy baby. Um, if you had any suggestions for like the first year of life and Sabbath, mm. and also the first year of ever trying it, yeah. So it feels very much like okay, Saturday comes around and the house is a mess because <laughs> I didn't get to it on Friday because yep. I was taking care of him. I yeah. almost just want to clean the house, but then that's also not necessarily restful. So, any thoughts of like how? Also in Pennsylvania, mm, yes. You know, we don't have the beach, so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've noticed. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah. Do you have immediate I do, thoughts? Yeah, Go of ahead. Of course, always. <laughs> but I'm I'm learning to wait. Okay. 
Go ahead. No, you go. So I think that there's this common misconception about Sabbath being this sort of like holy moment that the light's going to shine through and the wind's going to blow up in my Bible to the right passage and there's going to be a spotlight on it and like an angel is going to bring me my coffee and my kids are going to be quietly playing and asking to learn from me and (laughs) my wife is going to... Are there doves? Yeah, there's some doves. Um, And, you know, no one's farting or like, you know being gross or weird or like you know and 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 that's just not the reality and so but but the reality and we've said this over and over again and we'll we'll just continue to say it is that sabbath does change everything and so you know if you start with a messy house and paper plates and you clean a little bit and you don't get it quite right it's the posture of honoring what god has given us that will start to change your heart and it will start to change you know, we, we we take Sabbath on Saturday. It started to change Friday, and then it started to change Sunday, and then it started to change Thursday, and then it started to change Monday, and then it started to change Wednesday, and the started to change Tuesday. I did it all in a row. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And so, for, for the advice is like, you know, don't feel like you have to have this perfect kind of awe-inspiring Sabbath where you knock it out of the park from day one because like ours was rough and th- and even now still there's times where it's just like it was a bad day like yeah which what, feels frustrating yeah but they happen but it, what's awesome about living within a seven-day rhythm is that like you get another shot at it you're six days away from trying again mm-hmm. and as you learn about like and it changes like you have a tiny little baby like it changes as mm-hmm. they get older and you find that like like we found with bigger kids that like a location change is necessary for a Sabbath. Because if we just let our kids swirl around in the living room, they're eventually going to fight each other. And, <laughs> you know, or just like be annoyed. It feels the same to them as any other day. Yeah, because we homeschool and like all that kind of stuff. And so like yeah. we need a location change. And so we're in this season of like, well, that's either the beach. But if for some reason we don't go to the beach anymore, it's Chick-fil-A for dinner. And like mm-hmm. it's just a location change. And that's what's working right now. And so as your kids get older and you'll just start to figure out. And I think, I think one of the best ways to do it is like, you know, and this is like, there are a couple of guys I know that like kind of do this in painstaking detail where they're like 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Sabbath. This is this. And that, that, that's not for me, but for them it really works because then they go back with their wife and they say, okay, how was breakfast? Did that work? And mm-hmm. the wife's like, or they're like, yeah, that worked. Okay. Then we read, did that work? No, everyone hated it. <laughs> that didn't work. And so it's like, there's this element of like, it, it can be, it's kind of this ever evolving thing. Yeah. But I think as it evolves and as it becomes something that fits or as you understand it more, like it just changes your posture towards the rest of the week. Like it becomes an anchor to your soul, even though you might not have that sort of holy moment of like, oh, the Lord spoke to me on Sabbath. But like we did it for two years or a year and a half, and then one day Brooke was sitting in a brown chair similar to this, mm-hmm. and I said, what's up? It's Sabbath. Something seems off. And she said, I don't know. I just feel like we should move to Maui. And I was like, I'll text Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, but like, I think that was like, there was, there was an element of like, we had had this practice for so long, and n- did we get it right every time? No, but like, it became a day where like, our soul slowed down, we took a breath, we exhaled, and that allowed us to just maybe be more attentive to each yeah. other, to our kids, to the Lord. 
One of my favorite descriptions of what does that look like? What does Sabbath look like? Of Sabbath was, is the laying down of your tools. Like whatever your work tools are, physical or not, like you lay that down on Sabbath. And so if I do that, which for me is like my phone, my computer, um, some other... Your baton. It's, <laughs> zip that right back into the case with the tape. Yep. Put it on its special ledge. <laughs> um, like for me, then I feel like I'm doing it. Like, yeah. if that's all I do, that is me doing Sabbath. Now, I, do I feel annoyed if my house is messy? Because I feel like I can't relax. I feel like I should be cleaning it. Sometimes I do clean, though. Yeah. And I have reoriented my posture about that to be more restful. Like, I'm cleaning this because it actually calms me to do it and not just out of, like, it should be. It should be clean. Right. Like, that's, a, that's different. But as long as I'm laying down my tools, what, and again, whatever that is for you, it might even just be like a mindset or yeah. people you communicate. It could be anything <laughs> that are your tools. But if I lay that down, I feel like, okay, yeah. I, did, I did that level of Sabbath. And then we start working on the like real specific, however many pieces of the pie, like what, yeah. what, what's coming in, what's going out, what works. And, what and like for us right now in this season, it's like a, a trip to the beach if we are, are all healthy. Um, and it's like alone time for each of us. And that's kind of all that's on the, that's like Sabbath right that's there. It. I just described it. And so like if that alone time for her is like a target pickup or a walk around the block, or if it's for me, if it's video games or just like exercise or taking a nap, um, mm -hmm. there's no judgment on the Sabbath in terms of like, how, you know, what do you like, what do you want to do like um, with that time? And so that, that's what it is now. And so that will change uh, and evolve and, and then the, the other piece of advice I always give on, on Sabbath is, like, go to birthday parties. They're going to disrupt and disrupt your, your Sabbath and your rest, but it's really honoring to the people that invited you and the friends and stuff like that. So it's like, we don't, we don't take it lightly, but we don't grip it tightly. We, you know, we... Well, I feel like you could take the go to birthday parties concept and apply it to having a little baby. Yeah. Which is... Not like their birthday parties, but just like their schedule, is gonna dictate whether they're on a schedule or not. Yeah. I just mean like they have so many needs when they're that young and it can feel so disruptive to anything else. And so I feel like it's that, it's that idea of like, we're going to do Sabbath, but I still have this birthday party. I have to nurse four times a day. So, so like, I'm going to do both. Out of the nipple hole. At least that far. Yeah. <laughs> But right, it, is, it is, it, it is, I'm not saying that kids are disruptive, but I, like, in this context. You wouldn't say that. I would say that, but I don't want a blanket statement that, like, kids are hard. I just mean that it can, when they're that little, feel like, man, did I do anything I wanted to do today? Absolutely. Yeah. Good question. All right. Mic's open. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Macedas. <laughs> Thank you. Nicola. Thank you very much. So you said to me, this was, you know, a couple months ago, you were talking about this study that you heard about these people doing. Um, where that they sounds watched. like something I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't read it, but I heard about it. <laughs> someone, told, someone was talking to someone else. I was spying on them to learn from them. You get, you're getting your air tag <laughs> yeah. back. Like, okay. <laughs> and they followed these people from when they were little to mm -hmm. when they were grown yes. up, and the ones that were successful were the ones that learned how to emotionally regulate. 100%. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, that's really, that's really insightful. 
Uh, so my question for you is, um, like, what does that look like for you guys, or what have you found helpful, specifically in teaching your kiddos? 100%. How to, how to do that. So, great question. Um, yeah, we have friends, uh, Dr. Josh Schraub, and uh, his line is, it's re- we don't really parent, we're not parenting, we're becoming, and our kid, because our kids are becoming who we are. So if we become a crotchety old man who doesn't talk about his emotions, our kids are going to mirror that in their lives. Very rarely are they going to break the cycle and become something else. And so the first, like, the first thing that we do is like we talk about our emotions even when our kids are present. We have conversations about, like, we don't, like, if June's like, hey, are you guys sad? We say, yes, we are, and here's mm-hmm. why, and, and this is what happened, or are we, like, are you guys having a discussion? That's her question. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to figure out a hard problem that's happening right now. Now, like, we don't go into the details of what bridge we're Googling or how we're going to get there <laughs> and what sort of, like, belongings she can bring, <laughs> but, you know, that, I would say that's the first thing that we do is, like, we do that, and then the other thing that we're trying to do, like, so for Brooke and I, at the end of the day, What's your most positive emotion? What's your most negative emotion? We have that conversation, maybe not at the end of the day, but at least once a day. During the day. During the day at some point. Just between you two? or like Just between us. Like, and then we do that at dinner with June and Sunny and Daisy. What's your most positive emotion you've had and what's your most negative emotion? Because like, it's easy to do the highlights, um, but the highlights, but there, there might be something in our kids' hearts that they're wrestling with or that they're frustrated by. And if we just ask them what the highlight is, we'll never understand what that other part is. Mm -hmm. And so as we, like, and and sometimes the answers are whacked out. Like, (laughs) you know, it was like, well, that was three days ago, and then that other thing didn't happen. Um, (laughs) And so it's like, so, so again, like, kids are kids, but there's an element of just that practice of, like, I can talk about these things. Because when, like, the stakes are low right now for June. She's about to turn eight her emotions are pretty much based on, like, Sunny's bothering me or not bothering me, or, like, she was really into, like, how many gifts were in each stocking. That was, like, a thing this year, and that was bothering her. And it's, like, those stakes are super low, but, like, when she has heartbreak or when she gets fired or when she doesn't get a job that she wanted to get or when she feels like she's disappointed people and she's learned her whole life to keep those things inside... Then, then that starts to add some damage to her yeah. heart. And, and it's like, but if she's learned, like, oh, my parents let me talk about this stuff. I'm going to go to them. I'm going to go to mom. I'm going to go to dad. I'm going to tell them this was my high, and then this was my low. Blech. And it's like, I want that. And so I think, giving one, giving an example, and then two, setting up easy ways for them to, like, replicate that over and over again because it's like, let's practice those muscles of understanding our emotions because once we understand them, we can regulate them. I mean, I feel like it's the same, like, you know, we've talked about that one time we did our 15-minute check-in, and you asked me, and I said, and my uh, most negative emotion or whatever I said was regret, and you were like, what? And it, like, led to this conversation, and I feel like it's the same with kids. Like, if we don't ask, like, the other night, June at the table said she felt, I felt really jealous today, and I was like, okay, like, I would have had no clue, and she talked about it. And it was over a purse that her yeah, sister so had bought. They, they get allowance. Sunny bought a purse. <laughs> June bought a stuffy. And so she was mad at herself. At herself because yeah. Sunny's purse was getting so much more use, and everyone was commenting on it and talking about it. It was <laughs> fabulous. It is a fabulous purse. 
It is. But we did. We talked about it. And I, I've thought multiple times about that night specifically at dinner, because they say their answers every time. But I'm just like, man, I would have had no idea. I would have just thought she was in a bad mood because Sonny had a purse. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would have sort of put that on her, like, get over it. You picked yeah. your thing. She picked her thing. And I don't think my posture towards her would have been quite as, like, let me, let's understand what you're actually feeling yeah. about the sequin purse, which she has now saved enough yeah. to buy her own. Got two purses. So we have two purses. Success. But... Yeah, I think we have to ask our kids. Yeah. Good question, brother. Hermano. <laughs> I think we can do a line system if you want to stand there awkwardly behind someone. <laughs> I think that's fine. Maybe just give them a little rub. <laughs> Credit or debit. Back rub pain. <laughs> you did that to Kyle the other day. Did that to And he, he like, was so fell physically to the floor. uncomfortable. <laughs> That was awesome. It's like weird. Like, can't be, can we normalize touching someone's butt crack? <laughs> Anyways. Okay, oh. so my question is, um, I've read and I heard about it from you guys as well, Take Back Your Family by okay. Jennifer mm-hmm. Bethy. Um, and that for me, I don't, I'm not married, I don't have kids, but it was super inspiring to hear about it and have vision for my extended family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do you guys integrate these mm-hmm. ideas with extended family, close friends, mm-hmm. especially living in Maui? Because the rest of my family lives North Carolina. Okay. So I want to bring them in. So. You, me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, me, you, me, me, you. Um, I don't have an answer. I, I do. Okay. Can I just, my sure. feelings at first are, it's, it can feel hard. At least that's how I feel. It can feel hard. And I often feel like I, I tend to, we, we talk very like upstream, downstream. So like upstream being like my parents, downstream being my kids. Like, you know. Yeah. And I can tend to get very stuck in the upstream position of like, what does this look like? And how do I bring you in versus <laughs> continuing downstream in that direction? And so... I don't have an answer other than, like, it it has been helpful for me to be like, okay, I can still be successful, if you will, in this, like, multi-generational mindset towards, like, life from me downstream. I don't have to bring everybody else in this way for it to be okay. Yeah, and I... And and that's a whole thing. And I would say that Jeff (laughs) and Jeremy, who's Jeff's mentor, would kind of uh, agree with that, that, like most of the work you're going to do to build sort of like multi-generational family and business and wealth if that, and all that matters kind of stuff to you, yeah. is going to be downstream. And so right now you're probably in this weird position of like, which like kudos to you for reading that book. Yeah. Like, man, that's, that's awesome. I didn't even read the book and I have a family. <laughs> I read the book quickly, actually. Sorry, yeah. Jeff. Um, <laughs> And I'm not saying it's not possible. It's not possible. At all. Like, There's people who, have, like, we know families yeah. who jumped on board and they all bought a commune together and it's like, yeah. they're like doing a thing. And I, and, but I think it like, I, I don't think it's going to be like, because we've also had families who move closer to be with their family. Because they desire that. They desire it and they were like, oh, my family doesn't want this. And so it was like really hard for them and, and painful to like be like, we tried and it didn't go well. And so, uh, you know, I, I think the... I think the the heart of like having knowing that it's going to be mostly downstream, it, it helps that it doesn't put all this pressure of like I need to build this like 
multi-generational, super connected family. Um, but then also like, I wouldn't like, if that's on your heart and like the Lord is like, Hey, this could be for you and your family. Like I would pursue that. And, and I, my dad convinced me to move to Maui when he didn't realize he was doing it. Um, I asked him, I said, how did you move to Germany with a bunch of young kids? And he said, well, I heard this sermon about faith. It's like driving at night with your headlights on. It's going to make me emotional. And you can only drive as far as you see. And so you just got to keep driving. So you can keep seeing. Yeah. So you can keep seeing. And so, like, we just kept driving towards Maui. We can't drive there. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, <laughs> you have to ship your car, and yeah. you're not allowed to fill it with stuff. No. <laughs> what is that? Exactly. What is that? Um, and so, like, what I would, what I would encourage you to do is the same message of, like, drive, drive towards that with your family, have conversations, maybe send them, give them the book and, and say like, Hey, is this for us? And if you drive far enough and you're like, Oh, it's not, the headlights have revealed that now, at least I have peace in my heart. Like, cause that was what we were doing with mm-hmm. Maui. It was like, let's just keep driving. And cause we almost moved to Nashville one time mm-hmm. and we kept driving and all of a sudden there was a wall there. It illuminated itself. And we were like, let's turn around. Mm-hmm which is very helpful when I'm sitting in this chair. Um, <laughs> or on a suitcase. And <laughs> or on a suitcase. And so, so I, I, you know, that's what I would say. It's like, one, it's mostly going to be downstream. And two, but like also as you search for a husband, like that's, that's a big deal. Like that conversation is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like can, you can be on the same page right away and be like, okay, you might be my guy. Um, so that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, so can you guys both give an individual or a married couple that's starting their own business things mm. to keep in mind as they're beginning that journey? I, I can also give you a sales pitch on that. We have this really great group called Better Together. Um, so if any of you are married and run business together, let me know. Um, I'm not going to. The group will sell itself. Yeah. Um, are, you, are you actually asking me? It's good, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, we planned it together. Yes. Um, so I would say that like anything we do with our spouse, the number one thing is like we need to communicate and we need to have a, the, the ability to communicate. So like some people here communicate and they're like, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, no, you're wrong and you're wrong. And like, that's not communication. That's just arguing. Um, and sometimes we need to have, like, we need to have the conversation. And this, this is what Brooke and I went through uh, probably like four years, three years ago, four years ago of like, we need to learn how to communicate about communicating. And it was like, <laughs> we need to have a conversation that's like, hey, we're going to talk about hard things. Let's not get mad at each other while we do that. Uh-huh. And it was like, oh, that's super helpful. That sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a great idea. And so <laughs> like, it, it seems so silly, but it's like, that becomes super helpful because then you enter this place of like, you know, obviously you're married, you love your spouse, like you want things to go well, but when you give each other the opportunity of like, hey, I need to tell you something that's hard to say. There were 500 sweatshirts (laughs) at Disneyland and I'm certain of it. Mm -hmm. And you know that that's going to be okay. And that was like super helpful for us of just like, let's communicate about communicating and then because we did that so often and so frequently, we now have the ability to jump into hard, hard conversations without them escalating or kind of boiling over because we've kind of practiced that muscle of like, 
we're going to talk about hard things a lot because we run business together. We homeschool our kids together. We, you know, yeah. we do a lot of things together. And so let's just be prepared to talk about those things. And to be prepared for something, we have to practice that over and over and over again. Yeah. Because I feel like when you go into business together, the hard conversations can come up and feel so abrupt yeah. in business. And like, sometimes they can be like a surprise or whatever, where I feel, like speaking for myself, I feel a little more in marriage. Like I feel like, okay, that kind of bothered me. It's like it bubbles a little more. I'm less surprised when something bothers me or I feel like, man, we need to talk about that in our relationship. And then in business, sometimes I just feel like it's like, bam. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden I look coming. at the books and I'm like, we're going to die. You know, <laughs> and, and so, it's like... She's hey, cooking dinner. I'm like, hey, we need to sell something right now. Right. What do you got? And so I just think having the conversations about communication has helped me then when something really does come up in business, I don't feel so defensive. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, I know we can do this. And I'm surprised by this business thing. I'm not surprised that we're having a hard conversation. I'm able to separate yeah. the hard conversation from the thing that we have to talk about. And when I don't like mesh them together as much then I don't feel as like, and the, and the rhythm has been huge for that as like, now we have a weekly Monday meeting where we go through yes. the finances, which is normally like, that's going to be the most stressful part of your business is like, do we have enough money? Which bridge? All that kind of stuff. And so it's like, but if you're looking to invest in something, and let me talk to you later about that. Uh, it's called <laughs> carpet for, um, but like within the rhythm of that Monday meeting, there's a lot of like that, that then becomes like, okay, what serious issue? Obviously, there's sometimes there are issues that come up, like we have shipping issues or printing issues that I like need to stop what I'm doing. And I'm like, hey, this is we're gonna do this instead of this. Does that look okay? Like, you know, here we are. Mm -hmm. um, and those things always come up. But like, once you establish that rhythm of like, okay, here's the meeting where we talk about the hard things, you then have the like scope of like something serious comes up. Do I need to talk about that now, or can I save it for later mm -hmm. when it's the time to talk about it? And that has also helped a ton. Okay, and my second question, um, with your Enneagram types, if I can mm -hmm. ask that, okay. what have you found to be your strengths and weaknesses within owning your own business? Okay, so um, Christian's canceled the Enneagram, I think, about a year ago. <laughs> so I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it anymore. Um, but we will. But we will. So once you uh, make your sacrifice to Mother Gaia <laughs> under a full moon... Then you really know you're in. I'm just kidding, everyone. Yeah. It's just a joke. So I feel like. Do you know mine in business? Because I feel like I could say yours. In, well, it's in life too. But what I was the question like, again? How do you? Sorry. No, go, go ahead. How does your type affect like? What is, how does it, um, why don't you yes. ask it? So how does your Enneagram type play into effect with your strengths and yes. weaknesses in running a business? Okay. Yeah. Why don't you do me and I'll do you? Sure. Well, TJ's a seven wing eight, so he's an enthusiast and a challenger. And so exactly that. So he's enthusiastic in business, which means he's a quick start. He Like we would never have this event if it was. No, this was own. your idea. Yeah. And I said, okay. <laughs> Let me think about Notice that. Notice there was only one of us standing there greeting you today. <laughs> no, that's the one, that's partly true. Too many coins. <laughs> um and so you, you do, you, you have ideas, you're enthusiastic, like you, you have no shortage of ideas, right. which is really awesome until there's too many ideas. And then it's like, well, we can't do them all. And some of them don't work and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But it's like that, that is your strength that you can 
you have an idea and then you act quickly and then your your wing of your challenger like it circles right into that it is such a gift because you're not you're not super afraid of being embarrassed or doing it wrong right like I told people tonight, this will be the worst that will ever right. be at this. Yeah. But then that can, I, I don't know. My strengths are my weaknesses. I feel like it's one of those interview questions. But it's really true because then at the I same time. I care too much. I work too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Is that then you can start too quickly mm-hmm. with not enough details and not enough yes. information. And then I'm like, people are going to be confused. Yeah. Like there, there was probably a time in our running a business together where I would have posted about this event before having a space for it. And like yep. that would have stressed Brooke out. And it would have stressed me out too, but I would have been so excited. I just pushed through it. <laughs> Let's do it, baby. Um, uh-huh. For Brooke, I think like her strength in business is that she's just good at everything. It's obnoxious. It's like, <laughs> oh, you need a pretty picture? Let me take it. Oh, you need me to design this really cool? Let me do it. Oh, you need this? Let me, I got it. Like she's just good at everything. She's super creative. I don't know if that's attached to the Enneagram, but that's just her strength. You want something to look, I mean, th- this building is a product of Brooke's vision and her ability to create. And it's awesome being here. Um, and so, but her weakness is that sometimes that takes so long for her to do because she's like so worried that it might not be exact or perfect enough. And that's where a lot of our tension in business is, is like, let's do this. I'm waiting on you. And you're like, let me get it right. And that's where we've seen a lot of growth of like, I know I need to say, hey, we need to do this thing. Here's sort of my timeline. Mm-hmm. So if it's due on Friday, I'll wait till Friday afternoon for you to start. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I know that's what's going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept that. <laughs> and, 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 and for Brooke, it's like her part in that is like, I'm going to do this and I know that it might not be exactly what I want, but... Done is better than perfect. That's a saying we say a lot. Um, and so, yeah, so I think that that's where the tension lives with us of like, I want it to be done now, quick and fast. Mm-hmm. And Brooke wants it to be done perfect. And we'll, well take it. Well, and right the first time. Yeah. So I don't have to do it again. And so there are times where like, 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 you know, Tiny Rhythms is a great example of that. Like we did this, we, this product has been in process for two years. I probably would have released it a year ago. But it wasn't right. And I knew that. And, and so there's some growth on both sides there of like, she was able to say, no, this isn't what I vision, envisioned. And I was able to say, okay, let's wait for that. Mm-hmm. And so I think as you like, but again, if you're communicating about those things for year, you know, throughout the hard kind of early stages, um, I think that it gets easier to, 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 to see them and kind of spot the warning signs of like, oh. TJ's going to work fast. Let's you know. I have to not be so like when he has an idea and moves on it fast because there is so much in lo- so many of, so many good things in our life that exist because he does that and I have to remember that and not be so scared of the speed of it that the speed does not equal bad or wrong it's just faster than I move and, and that's then on okay. the flip side of coin there's so many good things in our life because we we waited for Brooke to do it right mm. so <laughs> I needed that. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, what's up? I would love to have you guys' both perspective, Brooke and TJ's, but what does godly leadership look like in a marriage? And I would love to hear that from your perspective as the husband, obviously, 
And then from a Weiss perspective, like what do you like of TJ's godly leadership or what aspects of it? By the way, I am engaged. Okay. So that's kind of like nice. my perspective. Congrats. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Congratulations. Matt Clark's our photographer. Okay. He's wonderful. Great. Shout it's gonna out. Great. Great. Yeah. It's going to be great. A lot guys. of shout outs for Matt tonight. <laughs> Didn't expect it. Did you just get a chair? Should he sit up with us? <laughs> should he sit in my lap? Probably. Um, <laughs> uh, you want to go first or should I? Uh, I don't really care. Um, I can go first. Um, I feel like it can be, I feel like it's a tangled subject for a lot of people, and I think it, it can look, not that it looks different in every marriage, but I think people have a lot of different expectations, and there's a lot of expectations that, like, I didn't even know going into marriage, I thought it was going to look this way. Right. And that could either be from other people I've seen or something I had read, and so I had, there was like a few years of me being like, I'm going to set all that aside because like, this is our marriage. Right. Like, <laughs> what are we, what do we feel like the Lord is leading us towards that looking like? And then, so once we, I feel like once we've kind of had those conversations and worked through all the like, all the big topics and like, you know, are we going to homeschool and what does that look like? And what do we believe about rhythms? Like all these other big topics. I feel like it has come more natural for you to really step up and lead and me not to be so like, duh. Yeah. I do this a lot because I'm a, yeah. I obviously feel that in my yeah. life, especially with your speed. But I was listening to something recently that was talking about how, um, you know, and, and God made him a suitable helper and how the translation of that helper, I'm going to butcher all the actual Probably. whatever language they were speaking. And so, but it was talking about... barely have English down. (laughs) But it was talking about how the actual translation and the word, which I don't remember, that was being used when that was written is the same word that it means the person you're back-to-back with in battle. And so that your helper is this person you are back-to-back with, you're both in it, you're both in the battle fighting equally. Yeah. But that, that is your suitable, suitable helper, and it's this, this picture of you and I back-to-back in life. Like, not that, we're, not that all of life is a battle, right. but when I started really thinking about how, like, that, that's what that looks like, because I, I have felt that already in our marriage, but I didn't have the words for it. Right. And then when I was like, wow, the words are from the Bible. This is amazing. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Great book. Five stars. <laughs> Five stars. I, I felt like a sigh of relief a little bit, and I also felt like this, it was like this challenge, this call to like, that is what we are yeah. when we're married, and I want to be that. Yeah. And so, stay engaged, Brooke. <laughs> yeah. Don't leave the paddle. <laughs> and for me, like the language that I like for marriage and leadership is like, you know, I'm the head coach, Brooke's the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. Like, we're we're both needed on the field to execute the game plan. It's not what I say goes because she has a heavy hand in what the offense is doing or the defense is doing. And so, you know, there are conversations there, and sometimes there's a lot of tension in those conversations. I think the game plan should be one way, and she thinks it should be the other way, but great teams work on that to execute well. Mm-hmm. And so do, does there come a time where it's like, Okay, you're you're the offensive coordinator. Like it's the offense. You decide. What you say goes. In, Let's yeah. do it. Like yeah. I trust you. I married you because I trust you. And are there times where it's like I think you're wrong, mm-hmm. and I'm the head coach, so I'm just going to make this call. And like you trust me. And so 
That's what I think it looks like. I, I don't think it's as like cut and dry of like, you know, what I say goes or what she says goes like, yeah. but I do think that there's just this element of like, it's again, communication over and over again. And like, we want to execute the game plan and then we want to edit the game plan. Like, you know, the, our, our game plan looks different when our kids are young, what will it look like in 10 years? And so it's like great coaches think about that. Like, what does it, what does my game plan look like when my quarterback is a little bit old and can't be as mobile. Like, you know, like, what does it look like? It's going to change. Like, you know, and so as we grow and as we age, like, it's going to change. And, our, it's, and, and so having those conversations on the front end is always helpful because then, you know, we can execute at the, at the right time. Mm-hmm. So I hope that helped. When are you getting married? Nice. You knew that answer right away. Very good. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, great football example. I like the combination <laughs> there. Very good. Um, so my question I is... I like that you look too right. You're like, yeah, I like that, right? Yeah. No, is that okay? I was looking at him. You're answering, you're answering him. I was, but she's also there, too. <laughs> um, Annie. I'm just a fan of watching. Sports. Sports. Yeah, go sports, team. <laughs> so looking back over years of your life, what is some, maybe some good advice you've received along the way, like kind of pivotal points of maybe when you're single, engaged, you're married, having kids, and also what was some bad advice you received that you would tell us not to follow? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I'm only friends with smart people, so (laughs) I don't know if I've ever received any bad advice. I had a lip ring for a while, so that was probably it. And I had the swoopy hair, so... Somewhere so, there was bad advice. Yeah, there was somewhere that someone told me something. That's a very good question. I know Here, I've been given something that happens the second you have a child. You black out completely, <laughs> and you forget everything that happened before that. <laughs> to some degree, like I'm being funny, but like there's an element of like June's almost eight. What was I doing eight years ago? Like there, there's this reality of like your kids do become just such a central focus of your life that like, man, I don't remember. Honestly, like I don't remember what it's like to be single. I barely remember what it's like to not have children. Um, and I don't know if that, does that change mom? No. Do you remember life when you were single? No. Yeah. Um, but I would say, like, and, and I don't really like, I don't know if I remember bad advice. I don't think. Well, that's what I was about to say. I feel like if it was really bad advice, I didn't take I it. I have one. I have one. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. So every now and then, I get an email or a message or a person approaching me, and mm-hmm. they say, I've got a T-shirt idea for you. Oh, this is so bad. <laughs> I don't think we've ever And I usually this. just smile and say, oh, that's someone. Yeah, that might. that's an idea. Someone might buy that. Someone might buy that, and I go on my way. Um, one person sends me an email. This is years ago, probably like over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Sends me an email. I got this great t-shirt idea for you. I said, that was it. And I was like, oh, what is it? You know, like there's kind of a weird setup. And then she emails me back. I think it was a she. I don't know. I think, I think it was she. I think it was and uh, said, well, I don't want to tell you because people have stolen my ideas before. Like, All right. So we're working with a weir- real weirdo here. Got it. <laughs> Okay, and I, I'm, this person's going to be like, that was me. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and I said, you know, so I was like, okay, don't tell me. Like, I'm not going to, like, what is this? Like, I'm not going to play this game. She's like, all right, I'll tell you. And so I'm like, 
We've started down this track. Let's just see it through. Um, so what is your idea? She said, okay, it's for youth groups. And it's a two-layered shirt. The outside layer is perforated, and it has sins on it. And so if I sinned against another kid in youth group, I would go and pull that piece off to apologize. And then once all the pieces are off, it'd be a picture of Jesus. I'm like, where are you getting a perforated shirt? I have so many questions. <laughs> so I told her, you have nothing to fear. I will never steal this idea. <laughs> and then I played it out in my mind of like, so there's this little kid who's 14 going up to a girl he likes, and he's like, I'm going to grab the lust one. <laughs> There's so many issues with that. That was a very bad yeah. advice. So there's some bad advice. That we didn't take. Um, but all the best advice that I've received, you know, my parents, from friends, family, is like, I think, I think and, and what I'm learning more and more is like, again, we, we talk about all the time, any advice that helps me communicate what's deep inside my heart is mm-hmm. good advice. Like, and, and for us, like, I need the language to do that because naturally I'm just like, you know, how are you, TJ? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. And like, you know, how are you? I'm bad. Like th- that's not helpful in a relationship. And so when we learn how to say things like, well, I'm nipple height in a hammer hole, <laughs> that gives Brooks a perspective on where I am. So I yeah. would say like any sort of language that I've been given uh, t- to help me communicate my emotions has been some of the best advice that I've yeah. received. A lot of the best advice <laughs> nipple deep in a hammer hole <laughs> I, I don't even know if i'd call it advice it's more like i mean it is advice but it's it's often been very personal like people speaking over me or writing me something like just for me i feel like i've probably taken that stuff the strongest yeah. and and run with it i mean i love lots of little good phrases of you know done is better than perfect and things that like yeah. help me move through my day without so much like internal swirling but I think what has meant the most and probably impacted my life the most is people who I know, who know me, who have taken the time to either tell me something or um, write something down for me and just be like, I felt like this was for you. Yeah. You know, that's when I'm weeping. And I'm like, oh, it is for me. You don't even know. <laughs> I've seen that weep. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Not a Ziploc bag in a shower yeah, week, no, but no, no, no. close. One more on a super practical note. Okay. Uh, we've got twin girls right now who are approaching two. Wow. And they're starting to get little attitudes. So you guys are tired. Do they yes, sleep? a little bit. They actually they sleep very well. Okay. So that's a good thing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a huge blessing. The gift from the Lord. <laughs> Hosanna. Um, so but they're starting to get little attitudes. Okay. So yeah. what I think that continues have for, until they're uh, about yeah. 40. Um <laughs> I think like so we have a we have a very athletic middle child. Um, she burns bright with the passions of a thousand suns, and but the world needs passionate people. And that phrase has helped me so so. There's much. some advice. It wasn't really advice. Yeah, it but it was a phrase. Thing. The world needs passionate people, and so like a lot of times I think we try to like squash our kids into the hammer hole of like no, be less of yourself, mm-hmm. and then they end up living that way. And God has called them to be their full self. And so, like, sometimes those attitudes are just, like, very passionate emotions that they're having. And so, like, I'm not saying, like, we, we don't discipline or we don't have rules or regulations or anything like that. But it's, like, I think there are times where it's, like, I find a lot of peace and comfort in being, like, 
middle child, you are passionate, and you're going to lead millions, maybe by force, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Like, and, and, but the, like, I think the practical advice is like, um, something that really helped us was this, we put these note cards on the wall, schedule out our day, <laughs> and it was like this really great idea. Somebody should make that into something. I think so. Yeah, I think, I do think recognizing the difference between like a true attitude, which is like at two, I feel like they innately don't have a ton of sass. <laughs> I don't know. I think some I think some kids have a lot of energy and I think they they can get spicy about things. But I feel like not uh being careful to not be like this cuz I used to feel that with Sunny. Like, oh, she's she's giving me That's such what a I was hard time. About Sunny. Yeah. You know, and then I'm like when she's she really not. She's years. just two and doesn't know how to explain what's going on and it's coming out as such. And so separating like what needs, what we need to talk about, you don't say that, you don't do yeah. that, you don't act that way, and separating it from like, you have strong thoughts and feelings, and I'm going to try to be respectful to those as long as we're handling all this kindly. And I think parenting a lot of the times is like, we just want that to stop, and it's like, that, that's such like a sort of like short-sighted mindset of like, that's so hard. When it's they're... so hard. Like, we just like, just stop crying. Like, we just <laughs> want that. But it's like, that's going to squash our kids down. And what we want in is to, we want to capture their hearts. And so I think capturing their hearts is a long way through that process of having conversations and talking about it. And even like we, one phrase we use in our house a lot is all behavior is communication. And so if our kids are sassy or fiery or passionate, like they're trying to communicate something with us. So let's figure out what they're trying to communicate. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those conversations are like, wow, that was awesome. They told us. And sometimes they're a struggle bus all the way through, but the, those conversations are worth having. And so like, as the attitude consists, persists or the passion elevates, like don't give up on those conversations because mm -hmm. you are in the, you are on the battleground to capture your kids' hearts. And when we have that mentality towards them, we now then have like a plethora of patience to sit in there with them when mm -hmm. they're ragey. It's hard though, when hard. they're two. Hard. And I don't know how much you they got, talk, you, and you, you have two of them. You have double what we had. Yeah. At the, so. <laughs> Open something. Else. All right, we're gonna do one more question. Yeah. And then we're gonna time. give some stuff away. Well, I really liked when you said, Brooke, earlier about, I think you said that you become who or what you focus on, and I really like that idea. Um, my question is, what do you think is the most insightful thing that you've learned specifically from each of your parents? Hmm. You, you can you, go first. Do you need the Ziploc baggie to weep? No, 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 no. no. Go ahead. <laughs> well, my parents are here, so you're putting me on the spot. Um, for my dad, it's probably his style. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, I, 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 my parents, I, I would say my parents are still in love. Accurate? Accurate. And they are still in love with their kids and with their grandkids and with their lives and with their jobs. And so to see that that's possible even yes, though they've gone through there. hard things and hard times and frustrating moments and fights and disagreements that like, we don't have to stay. I'm going to just 
I'm going to hammer this home. Yeah. Don't have to stay in the hammer hole. We can get out. And even if we've been in there for a year or two years or five years, we can climb out and we can still engage with life and be thankful for the creator who gave it to us. And so I feel like that, that example is the most, is the most valuable thing they've given me. Yeah. And, and, and it's, what's so powerful about the generations above you being like that is because I know I'm looking for that. Who is still 60 something and joyful? Show me. Yeah. I want to know that it's possible. And then I think about how, okay, so then as we all age up, my kids are going to be doing the same thing. And it, 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 it like compounds in its impact. I think when that happens generationally. And I think the bonus one for us, for, for my family specifically, it's like we did not grow up with much um, and we never knew that. And so there was this like attitude of like, we're going to make, we're going to make do with what we have and we're going to make it fun and wonderful and filled with like joy and excitement. And like they did that. And, and it wasn't until my adult life that I realized. And so like, and that's what we talk about a lot. Like one of my friends in Maui is like, when you live here, you've given your gifts a kid. You've given your kids a gift that they don't realize that they'll have until they're older. And that's what I'm realizing about my parents. It's like they gave me this gift of understanding the wonder of life and God and creation and joy. And like I didn't realize it, and they were giving it to me my whole life. And then all of a sudden, I have kids, and I'm like, man, this is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So, mine's I'm probably fine. yeah. You're fine. <laughs> It's just raining on your yeah, face. Yeah, I was cutting onions earlier, so. Um, mine's probably less um, emotional, but I, I could go there. But something that I, my parents definitely taught me that I'm super, super thankful for is that within reason, probably, my job could be whatever I wanted. Mm. And I, like, I, again, it's the same thing. It was a gift I didn't know I was shown and given as my parents who've always been you know, had their own businesses and worked for themselves and worked from home and done stuff like that. I didn't realize what sort of gift that was yeah. until I was entering that space. And I, with such confidence. Yeah, we're like, and, oh, we don't have to do that. We could And I was like, no, of here. course I'm going to do this thing or, yeah. or whatever. And then other people being like, I just don't know if I could do that. And I'm like, well, isn't that what everybody? Oh, no. Yeah. Like, that's just what was modeled. And then that, that gave me such like a strong stepping point of leaving their house and going towards jobs and things like that. Um, that I, again, it's a gift I didn't know I was given. So maybe that's the main thing. Yeah. Is that what's the gift you're giving your kids that they don't know until later? Oh. A Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo 64! <64! laughs> oh, what a Thank good you. video. <laughs> All right, let's give some stuff away. We need our bowl. You want to stop this part? Yeah, let's. Um, yeah, let's stop that. You can. Can you end that? Yeah, I'll take that. I meant you were.